What's up, everybody? Michael Johnson here with the Business Choreography Podcast. I'm excited you joined me today because today we have a very special guest. Today we have Andrew Howlett, and he is the CEO of Struck, an agency that excels in transforming brands in the destination marketing, outdoor recreation, and biotech industries, strategically boosting brand awareness, engagement, and growth with expertise in rebranding, repositioning, and preparing for fundraising. Struck is at the forefront of brand transformation. We are so excited to have Andrew here with us today and I can't wait for him to share his story and share with you his expertise. So let's cue the intro and we'll jump right in. Listen, there's a lot to learn when growing and scaling your business. That's why we created the Business Choreography Podcast, where we talk about choreographing your marketing, operations, and sales into dynamic systems that increase your revenue and your impact. We'll explore solid business principles and discuss all things that make businesses dance to success with clarity. We'll help you figure out where the holes are in your business and what you can do to fix them. Think of us as your official business choreographers, aka your insider growth strategists. Remember, your choreography matters. Welcome to the Business Choreography Podcast. Andrew, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's a pleasure to have you. Great to be here. Thanks, Michael. It's uh, it's so funny. We jumped on ahead of time and found out that we actually live in the same exact state. In fact, we live across the freeway from each other. We didn't even know it. Yeah, asked what part of the country you're in and said Lehigh, Utah, Utah. And I'm like, wait a minute, where? Lehigh? There you go. We're right there, right next door. It's crazy. Small oh, world. We we certainly didn't meet that way. So that's kind of fun. But I'm excited to share with everybody your story, your journey, and your background. Of course, people that listen to the show know that we start with a backstory and we kind of wind our way back to uh, all the cool things that you're doing today. So let's start from the beginning and share with us all the goods because I'm sure it wasn't a straight line to get to this point in your journey. So let's, let's hear about it. Let's hear the juicy deets. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it definitely was not a straight line. I, I came out of college uh, as a finance guy. That's what I wanted to oh, do. Wow. And okay. uh, so started my sort of first and second job were in finance and a problem that I found about three years in was I didn't like it. So that's a problem. And that's what you want to do with your life. And you're not really loving it. And but it was a great education, right. actually. And I, I would say I, I appreciate every minute of it and every uh, thing I learned. It was right in sort of late uh, 90s, early 2000s, when uh, tech and, you know, dot com was really sort of taken over. And it was the, the emerging thing. And I'm very much a throw me in the deep end kind of guy. So I just said, I want to build a website and try and sell something just to see more more about the experience of the website and whatever, not necessarily to sell anything. Through that process, I ended up hiring a couple of developers just to help me uh, build it out and, and do what I needed to do. And lo and behold, some people said, "Oh, you have developers working for you? Can you, uh, you know, help me out? Can I help? Can you help me do this and whatever?" Anyway, that's how I started a uh, first agency, uh, Rain, and uh, went on to be a really a tech and innovation focused uh, agency. That uh, I mean, I'll say I'm very proud of so many of the things we did there, including. We were one of the first to be doing really innovative, cool stuff on mobile app development, uh, including uh, pitch detection engine. So we were building apps for Sony Music and Universal Music. And so you could sing along with Kelly Clarkson or with Alicia Keys or with there was a whole bunch of those that we did. And it would tell you how good or, in my case, bad uh, you were. <laughs> uh, but it was super complicated tech at that point in time. It was super fun. And then uh, right before I sold the agency in 2018, um, before that, I had age and offices in New York, Utah, uh, actually uh, Seattle and Nicaragua, of all random places. Oh. Yes. You know, the normal places you'd think of. of course. And um, 
we, uh, but right before that, we were doing a lot of work in the voice. So Alexa, uh, Google Assistant, uh, Cortana, we were, doing, we were really the first ones, the first outside of uh, Amazon to be doing uh, voice work. So we were really leaders there. And that was a lot of fun. Again, tech, very much tech and innovation focused. Sold the business, wasn't totally sure what I wanted to do, but there was you know, a, a agency in Utah struck that I was always a huge fan of. I knew their owners. I had been around them for years. We'd actually worked together on some things and they were just, I mean, they're the best creative shop in sort of the Intermountain West, if not sort of you know, one of the best in the country. And through a series of events, I was able to uh, buy out some of the previous uh, founders and owners. And I took over here in 2019, which wow. was a big shift for me in terms of going from that tech and innovation side to this highly, you know, super creative side. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, I'm a big fan of just sort of challenges and problems and helping to solve those and whether it be tech or creative or whatever that is. And so, yeah, that was 2019 and been here since. Um, there's been quite a few things that have happened since I've been here in terms of just some of the repositioning. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that later. But uh, yeah, that's I mean, that's my background and um, to get to where I'm at today. Wow. Huge jump from finance to creative to all the tech and now into branding and you're using kind of a combination of all of that in a CEO position. Holy cow. What a journey. It's been fun. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly very, very lucky that I've been able to be involved in all these different things. And, you know, agencies come with their, their own set of challenge, just like any, any industry does. But the variety is something that is just incredibly fun when you're in the agency right. world. And, you know, one day we're working for a bank. The next day we're working for ski resorts or rebranding a ski resort, renaming a ski resort. Um, you know, we have worked for the state of Utah. We did their travel and tourism for 15 years. So all the big taglines you know about Utah, that's us. We did that work. And so, you know, the variety is really fun. And uh, I'm very, again, very lucky that I've been able to do that. Uh, and, you know, on the tech and innovation side, we were able to do some things for really incredible work for huge brands and international brands. And um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'm, I'm very lucky to, to get to do that. I think that that's such a fun direction to go. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the power of brand transformation. I, I think this is maybe under looked at and maybe mm -hmm. misunderstood. So let's talk a little yes. bit about that idea of brand transformation because obviously there's an assumption there that you have a brand that you've established and now you're trying to transform it into something more so dig into that for us yeah so you know i'm gonna take i'll take just a quick step back and talk about you know business transformation has been around forever right business transformation probably from the first person who grew a little more crops and figured out they could sell it to the cave next door that was probably the first business transformation you know, that happened. And that's been around for a lot of time. That's your McKinsey's, that's your Deloitte's, that's your, you know, your big sort of uh, management consultant firms. And they're great at what they do and amazing, very necessary. You come to the 90s and the 2000s, that's when digital transformation came about. And really, you know, it was the Wild West when it came to developing your own websites and your own tech and your own content management system. Everybody was doing their own thing. And then somebody, and very smart people, uh, said, you know, we can package this up and sell it to lots of people in our industry, in this industry, when hence the rise of software as a service, SaaS came about. And so that's really kicked off the big digital transformation piece. And that's really that, that piece that helps people to connect, you know, digitally web, mobile, it could be, a, you know, in-person and branch with it's, a, it's a, a, a bank or a credit union, all those different factors. What came out of that is we got a lot of sea of same. You know, people that if you license the same tech, 
oftentimes they have a framework. It kind of looks the same. It, it feels the same. So it's harder and harder and harder to differentiate. And that's where then sort of the experience or the brand piece comes in. And that's where we really say, we talk about that you have to have that business transformation piece. You have to you know, be always thinking about that. You have to always be thinking about the digital transformation, but you have to think about your experience because that's the tip of the iceberg that you see. That's the part that the customer interacts with. And, you know, brand, really, when people ask what is a brand, a brand is every interaction you have with it digitally, physically, interpersonally. That's what a brand really is. And so when you're talking about a brand, you know, a lot of people think it's a logo or it's, a, you know, a brand mark or it's a campaign or slogan. No, it's really every interaction that people have. And, you know, in those interactions, you a, a strong story or a strong, you know, a piece of creative, whatever that is, drives an emotion. Emotion drives action. Action is different. Whatever action that your client, our clients want to have happen is very different, but that could be a click, a like, a visit, a purchase, a share, you know, whatever that is. But that comes back to an emotion. Emotion doesn't come from really killer backend software that you look at the code and you're like, oh man, this is the most amazing thing. Not to downplay that. It's incredibly important, obviously, right. but they have to play in tandem. And so, you know, as the world continues to progress, Struck believes and, and understands that the experience needs to constantly be transforming. We need to constantly be thinking about the experience that we're providing for our client, for our customers, for their customers. And we are helping the, our clients to think about that and, you know, come forward with something that is unique, is different, um, helps them stand apart than their competitors. Right. I love so, that. I, I want to dig in a little bit to the part where you talked about differentiation and the challenge of that. I mean, there's, you know, some people will argue that there's nothing really new. It's just a lot of people selling it a lot of different ways. I don't know if that's 100% true, but the truth of the matter is, is that we do need to understand and figure out the differentiation that we have in our own businesses. How do you help people do that? I mean, it seems like, uh, it's a challenging topic to to find the differentiating factors on even products and maybe even services that are the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And see, so that's where, again, it's very easy to sort of model your business off of other people's business. You can find the same supply chains. You can license the same tech. So right. it, it oftentimes comes down to what is that differentiating feel? What is that differentiating you know factor that really comes down to what, how can we create an emotion? Certainly there's an aspect of it's been done. There's not a new thing. It's not, you know, no art is new type feeling. Then why do we go to movies? Why do we right. go to a new movie? Okay. It might be sort of a similar Romeo and Juliet story, but it's told in a different way. It's told in a way that's unique and interesting and gets you, you know, pulls you in. And not to say that there aren't brand new ideas, because I, I truly believe that there are, but you, you know, we have to find ways to, to really tell their story that is unique. That comes back to, you know, we start with every client when they're really leaning in. We start with stakeholder interviews. We start, start with some research. We dig into understanding, you know, who they believe they are. We talk to their customers. Who do they believe they are? We try to understand what is it actually, what, what bubbles up to the top of the, the things that people say, oh, we actually really like them for this. More often than not, our clients don't know that. They think their strength is something completely different than what we find from their customers or even from their employees. You know, we have, we will talk to some employees and they'll tell us something completely different than what we're hearing from you know, managers of the, of the business. 
and it's the whole forest and the trees thing. You know, sometimes we just get so concerned, consumed with where we're at or, or in that track that we kind of forget about the, those pieces. You know, so we start there and we try to find some really key insights. And, you know, anybody who's looking to do this, and this is something that, you know, look, it's, it's great if you hire an agency or you hire an outside person to come in, but, you know, it's, it's important to listen to your customers, to talk to them, to ask them, and don't go in with sort of this confirmation bias or this, this you know, preconceived, here's where you're going to be. Listen to them and, and really understand what they're saying because that'll help you to find those nuggets, find those things that are resonating, and sometimes you can amplify that. And that's oftentimes then what we do is we find a way to tell that story. We find a way to, to, to do it in a unique way, um, oftentimes a beautiful way or a can be funny or serious, you know, whatever that is, we find a way to tell that and lean into that. And then, it, you know, ideally expand on that and, you know, get people interested, first of all, and then, you know, how do we then help them get down sort of that funnel interest then into actual intent and then ideally conversion. Right. How does a company know that it's probably time for a brand transformation to happen like how can they look at it you said you know sometimes it's being able to see the forest or the trees through the forest <laughs> and sometimes you can't yeah. because you're so in your own mix so how would a how would one of our listeners that's a an owner look at their business and go yeah you know what we we need to start working on that you know most of the time what what we find is people have sort of key inflection points that they find themselves at. They find themselves at sort of a crossroads of some sort. It might be, you know, they need to grow bigger. We had a very large regional bank come to us and they were associated with a one specific town name. And, but they'd grown to be, actually they were in, I think two or three states at the time. They were the third largest, uh, uh, you know, SBA bank in, in Utah, or SBA I think, uh, or in this region. Anyway, they, they recognized that if they were going to continue to grow, they had to change their name. They had to get a new brand. They had to have something that, that connected because when you look at it from the outside, you thought, oh, here's a little hometown bank. Can they really provide the service that I need? And, and so, right. you know, that was an inflection point. That was a tip or a point of a crossroads that they needed. So I think most people will know when, you know, maybe they want to go acquire somebody. Maybe they need to go do some fundraising. Uh, we do a lot of work in the biotech space, a lot of work. We're, you know, really, you've done probably, I don't know, three or four dozen different sort of brand plus website plus naming, you know, different work for, for biotech. And oftentimes they're coming to us because they're, you know, they raised a series A and a series B and they're going to, maybe they're going to go public or they're going to, they need to raise a series C, but it's a much bigger number. And now they need to actually sort of dress the role. You know, you're, if you're going after that kind of thing, you need to look the part. And so that's a, you know, that's a inflection point that they're at. And, you know, most people, when they're really looking at their business and they'll, they'll recognize that they're at, maybe they've stalled, you know, their, their business is sort of stalled. They're not growing, but maybe they're not shrinking. Well, that's a point where they have to take a look and say, you know, what is that? The, the point two on the digital or the business digital and uh, experience transformation pieces, and I have an arrow that goes all around. You should constantly be looking at it. You need to be constantly looking at these three. Sometimes you're going to over-index on the digital transformation because you do. You need it. You know, you have some systems and tools, and you're going to spend majority of your budget that one year on a new, some new uh, integrations or some, you know, some products that are going to help you do your business better. Okay, that's totally understandable, and that sometimes that happens. But you need to be constantly thinking about it because the minute you sit back and just say, "Okay, good, I got it. You know, we've solved it." Well, we've seen way too many. And there's all the all of the the stale examples that we we've heard a million times of businesses that did that, and then 
they're no longer around because they thought, oh, we got it. We've solved it. We're the biggest, we're the baddest, uh, we're the best. And then, you know, somebody comes along, copies what they're doing and then improves on it. And next thing you know, they're gone. Right. What are some KPIs for knowing that the branding and the transformation that you've done are working? I know traditionally, you know, you've got branding that is done by the major corporations in the world and they uh, have traditionally, you know, balked at maybe direct marketing KPIs. Now the bigger companies are starting to look at those direct marketing processes and implement them into their businesses. In addition, they're not stopping their branding. They're just implementing these others. So what kind of KPIs can you look at to know that your, your branding is doing better than where you were at before? You know, it's a great question. And this is something that we actually lead almost every first phone call we have with a client is, uh, or potential client is, what are you, you know, what, how do, are we going to measure success? And sometimes we'll use the, Hey, we're having, you know, we're grabbing uh, breakfast three years from now. Um, and everything has gone really well. Let's talk about it. What happened? What, what did we do? You know, what was accomplished and why are we counting as a success? to try and understand what is it that they want? What is it that they need to, to, to do? Look, ultimately it's gonna come back to dollars at some point in time. Um, but sometimes, you know, we have people who just, they need to up their brand impression. They need to up their brand value. And so, uh, you know, a new brand, a new uh, name sometimes, um, you know, we were tasked a couple of years ago, um, well, we even came into this year with uh, renaming Squaw Valley. You know, Squaw Valley in California, incredible ski resort, had, you know, had an Olympics there. But as, you know, time has gone on, that name has become more and more sensitive to, you know, particularly the, the Native American uh, cultures. And so we had to find a, 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 you know, a new name and a new brand for them. And, you know, in sitting down with the stakeholders, we had the Native American community that, that wanted to have input. We had the owners, of course, of the, of the resort. We had the local community. We had the business owners. We had, so we had to listen to everybody. But in that case, they didn't have a specific KPI that was, you know, we need this many dollars. What they had was we need to have a level of uh, backing from the communities that are, are part of there at a sort of, you know, 80, 90 percent type level. We need to find some, which was a, it was a huge task. We spent probably six or nine months just working with those groups to try and find something that that would bring them all together. And look, it went incredibly well. We beat every sort of, you know, number that they had given to us. Palisades Tahoe is the name and the new brand is it's incredible. Um, so it went really well, but that's a case of it wasn't tied to dollars. They, you know, they had a different sort of KPI, but, but certainly dollars is, you know, oftentimes we need to move the needle from here to here, or it might be, you know, inbound, um, you know, inbound leads. They want to get a, you know, increase their inbound leads. So we, we look at that. Um, and, but again, ultimately that will, will translate. Cause then at that point in time, they take it over. If it's an inbound lead, they'll take it over and they now have to trust their sort of engine of taking it to the bottom of the funnel, but they know if they can get those new inbound leads. So those are, those are more the, the more often than not, uh, you know, factors. Um, but then we review with clients, you know, that bank that I was talking about every year, we do, do a big review of what's your next year's goals. And, you know, then we map our creative efforts and, campaign work against that and then we measure it every single quarter we meet and say how are we tracking how are we doing and you know then we tweak and adjust so um again you know it really is meant to be a living breathing thing not just a one-off uh, but in right. some cases we just are, are you know meant to do that <laughs> right 
So you lived through the <laughs> joining in in 2019, right before oh. the pandemic, and you jumped into a new project. And I'd love to hear more about the challenges of that time compared to how things have changed now uh, for you guys and, and, and what you're having to do differently now comparatively. I mean, you, you got in right in the heart of the storm. Yeah, I did. Well, right before the storm hit, I joined. Oh, that's right. It's like, <laughs> hey, everything's going to gonna uh, be great. Oh, no, yeah. everything is not great. <laughs> you know what? It, it was certainly one of those moments where all the initiatives, all the things that I had sort of joined and, and was kicking off, you know, March of 2020 hit. And it was a circle the wagons moment. Sure. Um, and, you know, I think my, not I think, I know my finance background has actually served me quite well in my in my career in this in this space. Because, you know, a lot of my uh, colleagues and friends in the space, they, were, they started as a creative director and nothing against that. It's just that's their background was sort of, they started there and they don't always tie into the uh, pieces that are, you know, the finance piece of the business. We got to still run a successful and smart business. Right. And so, you know, we, we reacted quickly. Uh, you know, I'd say we moved much faster than a lot of our, our peers in terms of just battening down the hatches and doing what we needed to do. Interestingly, for most of our, our industry, uh, 2020 and 2021 were really great years because people were having to hurry and, and scramble to get their online presence figured out, which of right. course included creative, it included campaigns. So it ended up being a positive uh, for us. Right. At the beginning of 2022, we had the war in Ukraine hit which kicked off this sort of era of uncertainty and uncertainty for our industry for particularly for creative is not good for agencies. It's, it's not good because uncertainty is like, eh, I don't know if we want to pull the trigger on this new campaign or this brand refresh. We're going to reuse some things we've had, you know, for a while. Um, and they don't want to spend. Right. And so uh, the last year and a half have been a lot more challenging to be honest. And that's even after the comeback to office, that's even the, you know, we're a hybrid uh, environment, but it uh, has been much more challenging. I'll use this example just because I think it's, it is relevant. You'll understand. I've been doing this for 20, gosh, 25, 23, 24 years now, you know, in this, in this industry, every time there's a new president of the opposite party, doesn't matter which party doesn't, you know, Democrat, Republican, doesn't matter. If there's a switch of sort of administration that way, we would always see about three, maybe even four months of just people holding off on signing new contracts. It was uncertainty. People were trying to figure out, what do we got? What's going to be their thing that they're going to lean into? Where are they going to, what levers are, are they going to push that wasn't there before? And how am I going to need to react to that? And then usually by then everybody would understand, okay, this is what we've got. And we're now going to, we can go back to spending. But you look at, you know, war in Ukraine, which then kicked off some, you know, some of the inflationary issues you had, uh, inflation you had, um, you know, particularly inflation, you had uh, interest rates, uh, you know, starting to climb pretty dramatically. It's just been this uncertainty after uncertainty. You know, just yesterday, I believe that you know the Fed said we're not going to. We think we're done raising rates. In fact, we might even be able to start you know lowering next year. And I believe that's one of those. Now, okay, we're fairly certain. It doesn't actually matter what the rate is. It's just now we have a little more certainty around what that is or what it's, you know what it is and what it isn't. And uh, and so I think that that's just an example of now some certainty is coming there. And you know, geopolitical stuff is always going to be an issue, um, but. You know, right now there's been a little more of that than than is normal. So anyway, that was a long way of saying we are continue to be in this uncertain time. And 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 you know, just earlier today I was reviewing some stats from the industry at large, and I mean everybody's felt it. 
there's there's hardly anybody who hasn't had to you know reduce uh, staff size a bit or you know has had to adjust their forecasts um and but everybody seems to be a little bit optimistic about what next year is going to be and the the difference too between like 2008 uh you know the financial crisis in 2008 to now is people didn't have cash back then it really you know was kind of across the the spectrum so when they started to feel like they could spend again what they had to do is spend a little to make a little more to spend a little more to make a little more Right now, by and large, companies are sitting on piles of cash. So when right. they decide to turn on uh, turn on the faucet and start spending again, they have that capacity to do it. Um, so you know, the hope is that, that it'll be a much quicker sort of uh, you know Lift, exit yeah. from this period of of slowing uh, to uh, to that. I love that, and I appreciate you sharing that with us because I feel like sometimes it's easy to to feel like you're in a um, a vacuum. And I know that a lot of listeners out there, it's like, is anybody else going through this too? (laughs) And it's hard to believe the news anymore. You know, it's hard to believe social media. So it's, I think it's really great to be able to hear other uh, owners and other businesses that are, are going through some of the similar uh, trends and things that are happening in the world. I want to dig back into more of the, the branding, the creative. One of the things you said earlier that was really, uh, that I really love and that stood out to me was that story drives emotion and emotion drives action. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is a tried and true concept and yet seems to be very difficult for so many businesses because they think of their thing so non-emotional. And then if you, if you tell them they have to incorporate emotion, they go, oh, it's kind of froofy and airy fairy. And it's like, well, actually it's not, it's, it's human nature. So let's talk a little bit about driving emotion that drives action. Yeah. Yeah. And you're exactly right. You know, emotion and cre- creative just in large, by and large has always been looked at as like, well, that's just art. You know, how do you quantify art? How do you quantify creative uh, elements? And you know, that's a challenge. Of course, it always is because it's so much right. easier just to track, okay, I spent $100 on ad spend on Google and it, you know, converted to X. The interesting thing is most people, when they will invest, you know, maybe a little more in new creative or better creative or more targeted creative, that $100 goes a heck of a lot further or it'll, you know, it'll outperform. But what happens is people just kind of dig in and say, well, I just, I know that if I spend $100, I'll make 105 So I'll just keep doing that forever instead of spending $100 and making $300. Um, but which is actually then truly actually quantifying creative at that point in right. time. Um, but they don't want to sort of look at that. There's an interesting, and, and you know what, I'll, I'll email it to you afterwards because it's one of the more interesting things I've ever seen. But McKinsey came out with a report uh, a couple of years ago that they'd spent the better part of, I want to say it was like five or seven years on measuring creative and right. design. And it was, they named it the McKinsey Design Index. And they, you know, and this is McKinsey. They don't do anything where they're not, they can't put their name behind it. And they tracked essentially the value of creative and of design and they unequivocally without any reservation said design makes for more successful businesses and they wow. tracked it they, they linked it um it's really really uh, incredible i mean it really was and um but it, it was one of those first moments where a really reputable big company said hey design actually is and does drive you know better business so, you know, as we look at it, again, it's, it's trying to understand what are the emotions that, that each individual needs. I'll take a good example. Snowbird was one of our clients for a lot of years. 
uh, one of our creative directors was looking online one time and was reading these uh, Google reviews or other reviews. And, was, and he, he saw all these one star reviews. And what in the world? These were real reviews, by the way. This was not made up. None of this was planted. Too much snow. Snow was too deep. Couldn't ski at all or snowboard at all in one day. I mean, these are real reviews. People complaining. Well, we went to a client that honestly, and huge kudos to them because it was a risky thing where we said, we want to lean into that one-star review. We want to lean into this, this sort of, hey, you know what? We, are, we aren't your, your grandpa's ski resort. You want steep and deep? Here it is. You want, and so we're going to say we are the one-star resort for these reasons. And again, kudos to them. They bought off on it because it, it felt risky you know, to them at the right. time. And it became arguably the number one campaign of a ski resort, certainly in Utah, if not maybe the world ever. I mean, we, every award was won and what it dro drove this emotion of, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a, you know, other insert name of another ski resort skier. I'm a snowboard skier. I'm a snowbird snowboarder because I'm steep and deep. I'm a, you know, I'm sort of that one star. I'm that edgier uh, person. Cause every other, if you looked at all the, the ski resorts and snowboard resorts, uh, marketing, it was a family all coming down the hill together, whatever. And so to stand out and that was really tough. We created an emotion of, I'm I'm not that. I'm this, and I mean it, it played out so beautifully. You'll now drive around Utah and outside of Utah, and you'll see people who have even made their own one-star stickers, and they're on backs of cars. It's on. I mean, you know, jackets were made for their their personnel. Even staff loved it because it was like, I'm not I'm not your regular resort. I'm a one. I'm the one. I'm a snowboard one-star, you know, uh, type thing. Like. We're not judged by the same standards as everybody else. But that's an example of, of creating emotion. And again, from a from a metrics perspective, from a from a dollars and cents, we tracked it, it tracked it, it, it blew off, blew the doors off of, of that and really changed their business sort of forever. I love it. That is great. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come and and share with us your expertise in the in the industry. Uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit about how somebody listening could uh, get in and and check out your company and check out what they could do with you guys. Uh, so, can you can you lead us down that path? Yeah, you bet. You know, our website's probably the easiest. Struck.com, real easy to remember. Uh, we actually have a, a sort of a sister company, which is structure.com, but it's spelled a little different, S-T-R-K-T-R, -T -R, uh, which is our physical space work that we do a lot of work of. So we're not, we're not interior designers. We're not architects. We sort of create experiences for spaces. Um, those are probably the two easiest uh, you know, to find us, find us at and, and reach out. Uh, we're also you know, LinkedIn, all the other places, but, but those are probably the easiest to find us. I love it. That's great. Well, we sure appreciate you taking the time to come and share with us your journey and your expertise. And uh, guys, all of you guys listening, uh, go check out Andrew and Struck and see what they can do to help you. And uh, and of course, we're neighbors, so hopefully we'll see you yeah. soon. Uh, I was going to say, we'll get together in real, in real life here sometime soon. I know, the whole real life thing. That's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> Very novel these days, it feels. Yeah. I know, I know. All well, right, guys. Thank you. Well, appreciate it, appreciate it and appreciate the time and appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and, and your listeners. Absolutely. Until next time, guys, keep choreographing your business, all parts, your branding included. We'll see you guys on the next episode. Take care. Thanks for joining us today. 
Want more business choreography? Check out our website at bizchoreo.com to find out more. And find out how the choreography for your marketing, operations, and sales can raise your revenue and create more impact. Remember, every business needs choreography. 